Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The Discipline of Prayer In Luke chapter 11, Reading from verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. From this verse, you will see, the Bible tells us that Jesus was praying and his disciples were watching. They were seeing what he was doing. And after he has finished praying, they came to him and said, Oh boy, teach us how to pray now. Teach us how to pray. Just like John taught his disciples how to pray. The question is, why were the disciples asking Jesus to teach them how to pray? Why was it important for the disciples to learn how Jesus was praying? And why was it important for them to pray like Jesus prayed? I ask that question because one thing I want you to remember is this. All the disciples, all the guys that were following the Lord Jesus Christ, all of them were Jews. These are people who are very, very religious. They were Jews. They are familiar with prayer. Right from the time they are born, they are born into prayer. Because you are a Jew, you pray. So, these guys were Jews. You will recall also that some of them were already John's disciples. So, they already had an idea of what prayer was all about. They knew how to pray. Not only that, most of them were very religious people. And they have seen prayer offered in the temple. They have seen the prayers that have been offered in houses and in temples. And they have been surrounded. Their lives have been surrounded by prayer. And most importantly, they have learned how to pray from their fathers and their mothers at home. Because you cannot be a Jew and not know how to pray. It is part of their life. The Jewish lifestyle is, revolves around service and relationship with the Almighty God. So the question is, why are they asking to learn how to pray from the Lord Jesus Christ? Why? The interesting thing is that the Bible never gave us a reason why they were asking. It just said that just like John taught his disciples. But I submit to you that the reason that they were asking the Lord Jesus Christ to teach them how to pray was because they observed that Jesus prayed with a difference. That the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ was not like every other prayer. His prayers was different. Number two, they asked him to teach them to pray because he prayed with a passion. In Luke 22 verse 44, the Bible said, Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was a great drop of blood falling to the ground. He was passionate at the altar of prayer. Prayer was not a casual thing for him. It was something that engaged his whole being. They saw that and they said, we need to know how this guy prays. They asked him to pray number three because he prayed with conviction. He knew exactly that whatever he asked the Lord, the Lord was going to give to him. He wasn't praying with one leg in, one leg out. He wasn't praying, maybe God will answer me, maybe God will not answer me. He prayed with conviction. The Bible says in John chapter 11 verse 41, He said, and they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you because you hear me. In other words, he knows that the Lord hears him all the time. He is convinced 
That there is nothing that he will ask the father that he will not give him. So he prayed with conviction. There is a difference when you see somebody who is just praying. Yeah, there's a prayer you know as you are praying. You know that it is not going past the ceiling. You know. Because you yourself know that you are not praying anything. And there are some prayer you know that as soon as you begin to pray, something is moving. Heaven is changing. They saw that in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, that his prayer was prayed with conviction. That was why they wanted to learn from him. Number four, they asked him to teach them to pray because he prayed with the purpose. He wasn't just praying so that people can see him pray. He wasn't just praying so that he can fulfill all righteousness. He was not just praying because he wanted to show up. He prayed with a purpose. Luke 11 verse 2 tells us, he said, and he said unto them, when you pray, in other words, when you go to the presence of the Almighty God, don't just go because you are casual. Don't go because the pastor said that you are going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. Don't go because you want to impress your friend. He said, when you go there, go there with a specific purpose. And they saw him. Anytime he went to his father, there was a specific purpose. And that was why they asked him to teach them how to pray. And then number five, he prayed with faith. Mark eleven twenty four tells us, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive, and you shall have them. Jesus Christ, when he went to the presence of the Father, he believed that he was going to receive his petition. And that was what the disciples saw. They never saw him go to the Father thinking, maybe, maybe not. No, there was no question in his mind that he was going to have the petition. He prayed with faith. That was why they asked him to teach them. And then finally, he prayed with authority. He prayed with authority. Matthew 21, 21 tells us, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only that which has been done to the fig tree, but also if you will say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast away, it shall be done. In other words, he had the authority in prayer. All he had to do was make the declaration and heaven will back him up. So he had the authority in prayer. And the disciples could tell that he had the authority in prayer. And they said, no, you got to teach us how you do this thing. We don't just want to pray like every other person. We want to pray like you. Because we know that you have the authority. And then finally, he prayed with expectation. He was praying and he expected that everything he prayed for was going to come to pass. He had no plan B when he was praying. His prayer was, this is what I have asked for and I know what I was getting. And that was why he taught his disciple. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7, he said, ask and it shall be given to you. That is expected. Seek and you will find. That is expectation. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Jesus prayed with expectation and that was why his disciples asked him, please teach us how to pray. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray because they saw that his prayer produced the desired results. He doesn't pray shooting prayers in different directions. He prayed specifically and his prayer produced results. And they wanted results in their life, so they went to the person who was able to produce results. So that was why they went to him. Now some will say, well, Jesus is able to do all that because he's the son of God. He was the son of God. He was the anointed one. He was the Messiah. If he doesn't pray like that, who else can pray like that? But one thing that most people fail to understand is that when Jesus walked the face of this earth, he was subject to the same condition that you and I were subject to. That's what the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4, 15, he said, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was tempted as we are, yet without sin. So the challenges that you are facing in prayer, Jesus also faced it. The opposition to prayer that you are facing, Jesus also faced it. So Jesus did not have any special privilege because he was the Messiah. 
The challenges that you are facing in prayer, our Lord Jesus Christ also faced it. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 5, reading from verse number 8, he said, though he was the anointed Messiah, though he was the child of God, though he was the beloved of the Father, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. In other words, he didn't just have a cool ride. He was not just coasting. Yes, I'm the son of God. I just came down from heaven, you know. Things are looking good there. I want this thing to happen. That was not what was happening. The guy was not just walking around town with his staff and having a good time. And he just tapped his finger. And somebody would have her eyes open. And he would tap his finger. And the, limb would walk. the Bible said the man spent all night in prayer. Though he were a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. In other words, Christ's power in prayer was not given to him because he was the son of God. It was not something that came upon him just because he came from heaven. No. It came through years of spiritual discipline. It came through years of having to put a lot of work into that particular process of developing his ability to pray. And you see that in the book of Matthew chapter 4. The Bible says that Jesus Christ launched his own ministry. In the first thing he did, the Bible tells us in verse number 1, he said that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What do you think he was doing there? The Bible says, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. That was the son of God. So his ability to pray and to see the result of prayer was not something that was just handed to him because he was the Messiah. If you look at the book of Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6 from verse number 12, the Bible tells us that now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. What the power that Jesus Christ demonstrated at the altar of prayer is not something that came because he was the son of God. It's not something that came because he was the Messiah. It was not something that came because he was the anointed one. He came at the altar of spiritual discipline. The altar of the discipline of prayer. All this scripture verse that we have just referenced tells us Christ's power in prayer is not automatic. His prayer power was the result of the practice of the discipline of prayer. And that is the only way that you can get it. And if Christ practiced the discipline of prayer, there is no one who is exempt from it. If you want to see results, if you want to see answers to prayer, if you want to see things change and access the throne of grace, and bring down the resource of heaven into our life and into our circumstances, we must be engaged in the practice of the discipline of prayer. In other words, it is a matter of necessity that you must develop your ability to pray. And some may ask, why do I have to pray when God knows everything? God knows the end from the very beginning. He knows you thought that is in your heart. Why do I have to tell him that I need money? He knows I need money. He can just give it to me. Why? To answer that question, you must first of all understand what prayer is all about. This thing that we're talking about, we're calling prayer. What is it? What is this thing called prayer? Prayer is not a passive meditation or reflection. God, you know, okay, you won't give me, give me. You know, won't give me, I go day here. I go day wait. I don't go complain, oh, but maybe give me. I like making you give me, but if you don't give me, well, you can sit down there and do that. That is not prayer. It is not a passive meditation or passive reflection. Prayer is not a ritual. That you have to do and unless you shake your head like this, that's when you pray. No, prayer is not a ritual. Prayer is not a formula that you must get right. That when you do X, Y, and Z, God must answer. Prayer is not a formula. 
So what is prayer? Prayer is a spiritual communication between man and God. A two-way relationship in which man talks to God and then man hears from God. So prayer is a communication, a two-way communication. You say things to God, God says things back to you. Prayer is an act. What we do, it is not an attitude. You have to be engaged. It's something that you do. It is not something that you think about. Prayer is simply a conversation with God. It is talking to God. That's what prayer is. God is saying, I am here. I need to have a fellowship with you. I need to enjoy a relationship with you. I need you to talk to me. That's what prayer is all about. Now, when you understand prayer as a conversation with God, when you understand prayer as an invitation to communion and an invitation to fellowship, it changes the original meaning of the question that I asked earlier. The question changes from why must I pray? The question now becomes, why do I need to talk to God? And your response to why you need to talk to God depends on whether you have a relationship with God or not. If you don't have a relationship with somebody, why would you talk to that person? When you don't know somebody, you don't talk to them. Next one is that, why won't I talk to this boss lady? If I don't talk to this boss lady, you will think something is wrong with me. Because it's not a random person that I picked up on the internet. She's my wife. I need to talk to her if I want to maintain the relationship. Now, if you understand prayer in that light, if you understand prayer as a relationship with God, if you understand prayer as a fellowship between people who know each other, the question will not be, why do I need to pray? The question will not be, why will you not pray? The question becomes, why won't you talk to God? Why won't you talk to your friend? Why won't you talk to your loved ones? Why would a son, a daughter, not talk to the father, talk to the mother, talk to the brother? Why would you not talk to God? That's what it becomes. When you understand prayer as a communication between you and God, as a believer, we pray, we talk to God because we want to deepen our relationship with God. The man you talk to all the time, you have a closer relationship with. I mean, so. There are some people you have not spoken to in one year. Can you go to that person and say, I need money? No. But the guy you are talking to every day, oh boy, things are a little bit uh, good for me. Oh, can you raise me? We talk to God, number one, because we have developed a relationship and because we want to deepen that relationship. Number two, we talk to God because in time for help, in times of distress, for and in time of deliverance. That's why you talk to God. God, you see what I'm going through. I need your help in this area. That's why we talk to the Almighty God. And God tells you, do X, Y, and Z. Why do we talk to God? We talk to God when we need direction and when we need guidance. There are times when situations become difficult for you. You call a friend and say, oh boy, I don't understand how this job is going. I don't understand how things are going in my life. I don't understand how things are going in this area. What do you think? You are talking to that person and he's giving you guidance and you're giving you direction. That's what prayer is all about. Prayer is about talking to God about provision and about supplies. Lord, I need X, Y, Z. I need your help in this area. I need provision in this area. I need your particular assistance in this area. That's what prayer is all about. Prayer is about renewal and transformation. Because that's one thing most people don't understand. Many a time when we talk about prayer, we're only talking about what we are going to get. But the reason you talk to God is for renewal and for transformation. Do you notice that if you begin to get close to a particular individual, if you don't take time, you find out that that particular person's behavior and attitude start to rub off on you. That person begins to influence the way you see life, the way you do things. We pray because of transformation, so that God can do some work in our life and transform our lives. In other words, we pray because it is what we do 
when we have relationship with the Almighty God. You talk to your friend because you have a relationship with your friend. We pray because we have a relationship with the Almighty God. Prayer is what we do when we have a relationship with the Almighty God. Now, what are the ways in which you talk to God? How do you talk to God? There are different ways in which you can talk to God. The common type of conversation that people have with God is a conversation of request. Oh, God, give me. 99% of everything that we do is, oh, Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And God says, yes, I want to give you, but there's more that I want to do for you than give me. So the most common type of prayer is the prayer of request. The Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. The prayer of request is the most common prayer that most believers pray. The second type of prayer is the prayer of supplication, which is the prayer of passionately asking for something. It's the same request, but it's a different level of request. A prayer of supplication. Number three is the prayer of intercession. Very few people do this. That is when you pray for somebody else. You take your own, you put it aside, and you begin to pray for somebody else. So that is another kind of prayer, the prayer of intercession. And then you have the prayer of praise and thanksgiving. That is when you say, Lord, I appreciate the things that you have done for me. I thank you for the blessings that you have put in my life. Another kind of prayer is the prayer of petition, which is the prayer that you are appealing to God for a specific thing. That's the kind of prayer that Anna prayed. Anna said, give me a man child. And I will give him back unto you. And Eli said that your petition has been answered. The Lord grant your petition. So it is prayer for specific and a particular request in the presence of the Almighty God. Number six is the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. When you agree with somebody, a prayer of unity. We say we are agreeing that this thing will happen. We are talking to God in agreement. And that's what the Bible tells us in Matthew 18, 19. It says, I say unto you, if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. An agreement. And the Bible tells us in Amos 3, 3, it says, can two walk together except they agree. When we agree together about a particular thing and we present that request to the Almighty God, that is a prayer of agreement. And then finally, is a prayer of confession. Where you go to the Lord and acknowledge that you are wrong. And you acknowledge that you have made a mistake. And you acknowledge that you are not living the way he wants you to live. And what happened? The Lord himself begins to cleanse us. Psalm 32 verse 5 tells us, I acknowledge my sin before thee, and my iniquities I have not hid. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquities of my sins. In other words, you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I can't hide in your presence. This is what I have done, and I'm asking you to forgive. A prayer of confession. These are some of the different types of prayer that are there for believers to use to be able to communicate with the Almighty God. Now, the question is, having seen this different type of prayer, what is the best time to pray? What is the best time to pray? Many of us know. The Bible tells us in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 35, he said, Rising early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed to a place of desolate place, and there he prayed. Early morning is a good time to pray because that's when your mind is free. That's when you are able to structure the mind. That's where you are able to command the day. That's where you are able to speak what you expect to receive into the day. What is the best time to pray? Late night is a good time to pray. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks to thee because of thy righteous judgment. In Acts chapter 16 verse 25, the Bible says, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And what happened? The prisoners heard them and their yokes were broken. At midnight, the traffic and the activity of the evil forces are in operation. And if you want to break loose from those particular operations, that is the best time to pray. When is the best time to be able to change the course of a meeting? 
Is it when the meeting is over or before they have the meeting? Normally, you want to dictate the narrative on a meeting. You have a meeting before the meeting. And that is why if you want to destroy the activity of the enemy over your life, you pray before they get into their meeting. While they are in their meeting, you scatter them so that they are not able to converse together. So, the best time to pray is early in the morning, late at night. Or when you can focus your attention on the Almighty God. In other words, any time you are able to focus your attention on the Almighty God, it's a good time to pray. The Bible says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. When is the best time to pray? Obviously, always. I say, pray without ceasing. That means you are expected to talk to the Almighty God as you move along. Alright? Then how do we pray? So that we can have the same effectiveness that our Lord Jesus Christ had. How do we pray? You pray using the Word of God. You pray using the Word of God. Bible makes us to understand, I say, this Word has been highly exalted. He cannot do anything contrary to His Word. So when you are praying to the Almighty God, you say His Word back to Him. This is what you say, and you commit Him to taking action. Number two, how do you pray? You pray according to His will. The Bible said that this is our confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will do it. If He said, this is what I like, and you are praying according to the things that they like, He will do it for you. So, we pray, number one, with His Word. We pray according to His will. Number three, we pray in the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, you access the mind of God. And as you access the mind of God, you are able to align your prayer with the will of God. It also gives you the power to be able to pray. It gives you the victory in prayer. So if you want to see the result in prayer, learn how to pray in the Spirit. And that is why if you are not yet born again and you are not yet baptized in the Holy Ghost, it is not a good place to be for a child of God. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers you. To be able to pray in the spirit. Not only that, how do you pray? You are also encouraged in scripture to pray with others. You are encouraged to pray with others because the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. When you are weak, the other person lifts you up. And that is why I just encourage that you have a prayer partner. Somebody that you can always call upon to help you and to lift up your hands when you are getting weak. You also need to pray alone. Your prayer should not only be when we are in church or when you are in the group of people. You should have a discipline or a routine of praying by yourself. Luke 6.12 tells us, And it came to pass in those days that they went into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. You have to learn how to pray on your own. And not only that, to develop the discipline of prayer, you have to pray regularly and consistently. Not only that, we must pray when it is convenient and when it is not convenient. There's never a convenient time for prayer, I can assure you. Not only that, we need to pray consciously and deliberately. In other words, we are not just saying things that doesn't have any meaning. You are not just saying things that does not reflect your life. Your prayer must be conscious. It must reflect the things that you want to speak to somebody. It's just like when you meet a friend. I meet my, my brother Williams. I say, my brother William, how are you doing? Fine. Good. You're okay? Fine. Good. And I'm not even listening to what he's saying to me. I just repeat the same thing. I saw him this Sunday. I said the same thing. How are you doing? Fine. Good. I walk away. Next Sunday, I say, how are you doing? Fine. Good. Walk away. By the time I come back next time, I say, is this pastor okay? Because you are repeating the same thing. You are not even giving thoughts to what you are saying. That should not be the way you pray. You should pray consciously. Reflecting the thing that is going on in your mind and you do it deliberately. Like when I call somebody on the phone, 
If I call my brother Williams on the phone, I say, my brother, what is going on? There must be something. If it's just to say hi, it's okay, I'm just calling you to say hi. Or if it's just to ask, I'm calling you to ask you a question. It has to be conscious. It has to be deliberate. We don't just pray for the sake of prayer. And that is why we are not seeing the results. Because you cannot just do things generally and expect to have specific results. There has to be something specific. There has to be deliberate. And it has to be conscious. Now, there are several benefits to prayer. There are several benefits to prayer. There's a benefit of building a relationship with God. There's a benefit of deep work with the Almighty God. There's a benefit of strong fellowship. There's a benefit of having audience with the Almighty God. But one thing, I want to highlight three benefits that comes from prayer. The first benefit is the access to the power of God. What God will not do, prayer will not do it. Whatever God can do, prayer can accomplish that. Because prayer taps into the power of the Almighty God. The Bible says with God there is nothing that can be impossible. And the only way you can tap into that power of impossibility that resides in God is through the power of prayer. So that is one of the main benefits because it taps into the power of prayer. What prayer cannot do, nothing else will do it. Number two, the benefit of prayer is that the prayer changes us as a person. When you pray to a certain extent, you can see the change in your spirit. You can feel the change in your person. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter 9, when Jesus was praying, in verse number 29, he said, And he prayed, and the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment were white and glittering. In other words, you pray to a certain level, where you feel the presence of the Almighty God. You pray to a certain level, where you know that you are not the one praying anymore, the Spirit of the Almighty God. It changes you. You cannot pray honestly and sincerely and still continue to do certain things. It's not possible. It's not possible. Because prayer does something inside of you. It changes you. It refines your behavior. It refines some of the things that you do. You are no longer the same person the more you pray and the more you seek the Almighty God. And then finally, prayer puts you in command. The Bible tells us that when Elijah was facing this guy called Ahab, the Bible says that Ahab was a very wicked person and he married a very terrible woman. But Elijah, first of all, will go and pray. And then he will come to Ahab and say, by the word of God, I say X, Y, and Z. And that thing will happen. And then by the word of God, I say, let's clear the air. Let the rain start falling. By the word of God, I say this. I mean, he makes a decree and nothing changes it. Prayer, when you get to a certain level, puts you in command. That's why the Bible says, you will decree a thing and it shall be established. If you don't pray, if you decree in Allah, you, nothing will happen if you have not prayed that you decree. Nothing will happen. Some people will say, yes, I'm a child of promise. I'm a child of authority. And this child of authority doesn't talk to the man with the authority. And he wants to command authority. It does not happen like that. The only way you can be in command is when you are in command on the prayer altar. So, seeing all the benefits of prayer, the question now becomes, why is it that people don't pray? Why is it that we don't pray? The primary reason why we don't pray is because we have no relationship with God. Like I said earlier, it's not possible for you to have a relationship with somebody that you are not talking to. So many of us do not pray because there is no relationship. Number two, many of us do not pray because we have unconfessed sin. There is something in our life that is not right, that is opposed to prayer. One of the things that make life difficult, that makes it difficult for us to approach the throne of grace is sin. So when you have unconfessed sin or a particular area of your life is not properly aligned, prayer becomes difficult. 
Prayer is difficult when you refuse to forgive and you refuse to let go. When you will not allow the things of the past to belong to the past. When you keep dredging up the old things, you will not be able to pray. Many of us are not able to pray because we simply don't believe God. You just don't believe it. You know the song, Why worry when you can pray? And you can flip it around. Why pray when you can worry? You are praying that God should do something for you and you are already worried. You are already making plan B. It tells me you don't believe. Because the sign of faith in the life of an individual is rest. Let me repeat what I said. If you want to demonstrate that you have faith in something, the one sure evidence that you have faith in something, that you believe God for something, is rest. Peace in your mind. When you have peace concerning any situation, it tells me you have faith that God will handle that situation. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.